You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Was actually weekend was uh, busy. I, I took on. A, I made the mistake of taking on a freelance project. Yeah, which it always sounds good. Like, hey man, a couple extra grand. Let's <laughs> go a, on a vacation. Oh, a couple extra like, grand. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, hey man, I've got a little freelance project. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pay you about two hundred bucks if that's cool. <laughs> that was cute. Granted, it's it's, it's a two minute thing. No, I, absolutely. That is well worth it. This is like a pilot for a TV show. So yeah, a lot more involved. Multi month projects uh-huh. and uh, man, am I behind? And so this weekend was uh, was supposed to be spent finishing it. I'm still not done with it, but um, did a lot of work in this weekend. A little bit of play, but a lot of work in most. Yeah, of it. Uh, is, is it an NDA kind of thing? You can't tell us about. Yeah, it? I can't. Well, that's fun. Something. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad that's that you right. Told us about that. It'll never get picked up. So don't worry. About it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I saw. I saw. What a did movie. you do? Yeah. Oh. Uh, I went and hung out with Jay. We were uh, going to do a little video gaming. Instead, we put a movie on. Uh, oh. Oh. On Flex. So not a theater. No. Film. No. We just we something went, at home. But it was something I hadn't seen yet. Uh, have you seen the new? Uh, there are new... movies you haven't seen, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> this is new to me. Have you seen the uh, that the new David Harbor Hellboy? Oh, I have not. Don't. <laughs> That's what I heard. That's that why I have is, not. That movie is fucking garbage, oh, man. Oh, no. Well, it's we were going to do really it on the podcast. Bad. It's so bad. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, so, you know how, like, when you do makeup for an actor, oh, like, yeah. that makeup template is kind of unique to them. Yeah, Like, that is how you make them up for the movie. Uh-oh. It's almost like they took Ron Perlman's <laughs> template to and put it on David Harbour. He... And so his face looks like, the whole movie, it looks like it's kind of melting. It's not his face. Off. It's not his face. Oh, that's too bad. And it is too bad because it's like, you really didn't have to do too much makeup to make David Harbour work. Just fucking put some horns on him and paint him red. So not, like how like they did with that? Ron Perlman. That's exactly what they did. So not only did the makeup and the visuals not work, the story itself was fucking trash. Now, were you a fan of the comics or just the I movie? No, I really wasn't a big fan of the comics. I, no. I did enjoy the character Lobster Johnson, <laughs> which they use in this movie. They bring yeah. Lobster Johnson into it. And so that was when I was the most delighted while watching it. I would seriously, literally scream out, Lobster Johnson! <laughs> and so it happens near the beginning, and then it happens near the end. Um, in fact, there's like a, a, a within-the-credit sequence mm-hmm. that we come back to Hellboy and Lobster Johnson shows up. And I was <laughs> nice. like, Lobster Johnson! Setting it up for the sequel and that like, will yeah, never happen. Hopefully never happen. Oh, Dude, you know bad. you're in trouble when a movie goes out of their way, mm-hmm. especially, okay, you're following up Two films made by one of the greatest visionaries of our time. Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, I always fuck it up. And so you're making a new Hellboy movie, but you're going to go to the trouble to try to recreate that origin story from the very beginning of the first Hellboy, mm-hmm. where like Rasputin is trying to summon right. the demon. They go through the trouble to try to recreate that, but it's this new director's... And the thing is, it's Neil Marshall who did Doomsday. Oh, that's a good movie, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah. The dude has done some good films, but this film is so bad. Oh, it's too bad. Uh, it, it's almost like they didn't cut anything out mm. at all. And I don't know if in Hellboy... Is it a long film? Does it feel long? It felt like it took forever. Oh, it's too bad. Uh, I don't remember in the comics. Maybe the listeners can help me out. I don't think Hellboy had anything to do with the King Arthur legend, but in this fucking movie, like, it starts off with, like, a, a, <laughs> it, it, the, the whole, like preamble to this movie is like a legend of King Arthur where King Arthur and Merlin like meet up with Nimue the queen of the witches which 
I seem to remember Nimue being like Merlin's apprentice. Tell me there the are books. Transformers in this, but, Joe. Dude, I wish I could. <laughs> Would have been more entertaining? It, it, no. No. In oh. fact, we had a long talk about like, why are they throwing King Arthur into shit nowadays? Uh, but yeah, they ended up having this whole thing about how Hellboy is the, the rightful heir to, to Excalibur. And That's not how I remember him. the original story going at all. And when he pulls the sword, like he goes full demon and his horns grow. Like we saw that in the first Hellboy movie. I think they even did that in the Golden Army. We're like, oh, oh his horns grew. He's going to turn into bad Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, and so they did that in this one. David Harbour's delivery in this movie is so bad. Oh, no. He's is mumbling it... all his fucking dialogue. So like dialogue. his season three of Stranger Things. No, you know. <laughs> what happened to him? It's, it's he not started even... off so promising. It, it, I think he was going to be the next good. Harrison Ford. I think he's good in Stranger Things. I do, too. But he's in this movie, he's fucking mumbling his ass off. Like, I didn't understand. A fucking, I wanted to ask Jay to put the subtitles on <laughs> because I didn't understand a thing that was being said. They don't do ADR on these? I don't Like Ron Perlman. I feel like we recorded a good portion he of his dialogue. He probably did. I, I have a feeling that Guillermo del Toro, being the kind of filmmaker he is, yeah. is like, Insisted well, on... I have beautiful visuals. I sure would like for people to understand my movie, too. <laughs> Whereas Neil Marshall, I'm like, what did you do, dude? Like, he, uh... I've seen two really f- wonderful films that you've made. Hellboy should be right up your alley. But no, man, this, this movie was a mess. It was a hot mess. All right. Well, thank you for saving me for yeah. doing it. Coming do soon to an episode of The Editing Bay. Do not have to watch Maybe we should that. do the uh, original. Ooh, Mia Jovovich is in this? Yeah, she plays Nimue. Ian McShane? Oh, Ian McShane. Oh, that makes sense. He's, he's a little rough in this. Oh, no. He, well, he plays the, um, the William Hurt character. Brian Gleason. Or is it John Hurt? John Hurt. Okay, he plays the John Hurt character. Uh... Yeah, dude, there's like so many weird, sh- there's weird things going on in this movie where like there's a, a first act double cross on Hellboy. And so you're like, where the fuck do we go? I straight up took a fucking nap halfway through oh, this no. movie. I straight well, you up were took in a your nap. own home, right? No, so. I was at Jay's. Oh, you were Jay's? Oh, yeah. It's like a second home. Too, Bro, right? I will fucking post up and sleep <laughs> where the fuck ever. I don't give a hell. Is that a thing? Park I don't give benches, a hell. Whatever. Hellboy. Hell, I don't give a hell, boy. Hell, boy. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, you had Ian McShane trying to do his best John Hurt voice. Uh, I'm like, no, why man. are they trying to like the, that? That's really frustrating when it's like you have an opportunity to, to redo you didn't even it. See it? Nope. Yeah. I saw the trailer and I saw enough. I was like, I've seen this film before. It was so it was bad. better. It was really bad, and it was. It didn't help that Jay hasn't adjusted the. Uh, the settings on his television. Oh no! So does he have the smooth motion on? Yeah, he has, Jay. He has smooth motion. Jay. On. So everything looks like a fucking soap opera. Jay, I will come over and I will help you. You know, there's like a petition going on from like to take that off Christopher of TV. Nolan. Well, it's like the default setting on most TVs. A fucking yeah. Samsung. Fuck you, Samsung. Why is that? I don't know. All it it makes everything look worse, and people. Oh, that's not a bug. That's a feature. Mm-hmm. I don't know what sort of con they're pulling on all of us to make that con. <laughs> Somebody decided it looked made things look better, and then so they went through a bunch of R and D, and now we we have this technology. We're just gonna make it default on all of our TVs, Come on. but it makes it look worse. Did we yeah. just run our? Hillary wants to know if we mm. just run our mouth on do, what? Do we just run our mouth do on we? anything? I yes. Guess. Have you? Yeah. Have you? You've been on this podcast. She's been on Hillary. the show. You know she's we do. been on the show. I just call her Hillary. Hell, she is Hellboy. Hillary boy. Hillary. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. I would. I too. would watch Hillary as Hillary Hellboy. with a big red fucking fist on her hand. Hell girl. The horns <laughs> just coming Hillary. out. Let's make this work. Just Hellary. <laughs> That's awesome. There we go. Trademark. Not uh, 2019. All right. So other than that, mm. not really a whole lot. We've Didn't had watch. our uh, our first rehearsals for Werewolf of London. Yes, I saw that. Um, Ow. 
the werewolves alone. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, we've been having a whole bunch of uh, drama as far as scheduling our rehearsals. Mm-hmm. So we were supposed to start tonight, but because of the weather, like we're, we don't <laughs> have the, the actual. Yeah, because of the weather. We don't have the actual theater space. So where we were supposed to rehearse was uh... up in like the attic. <laughs> The storage room at the shopping center the where the box. theater is, yeah. and there's no AC. And Why? so con- we were concerned about the safety of our actors. Yeah, like, I would be too. We probably shouldn't have them rehearsing. What in is this it? It's like stuff. 10 p.m. and it's, it's 100 degrees outside. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to kind of cancel the rehearsals this week until Saturday. So we're actually going to start rehearsals. With my scenes in Act Two that I'm supposed to be directing everybody in. Oh, great! Oh. So I'm like, okay, nice, nice way to ramp you into this know, production, right? huh? <laughs> exactly. Assistant director. Uh, I guess it helps, you know, that I, uh, I've been. Are we making fun? Are you just gonna make fun of people who comment? Sure. We. Who, who was you're that? You're telling us we, Hillary. No, we're, we're already our, done. You. We're running our mouths. She, she just. <laughs> you came in hot, Hillary. You yeah. came in at like an eleven. She brings the heat, and we were just responding to it. That's why she's Hillary. <laughs> She misses us goobers, by the way. So <laughs> we're cutting uh, all this was, out. Don't that worry. was my uh, that was my my weekend for the oh. most part. Yeah, we did a little bit of you know family time and you know grocery shopping on Saturdays Fun. and all that. Well, I did see a movie, not a new movie, but a movie that uh, it's been 15, 20 years since I revisited. It's been <laughs> fifteen years since I have seen this movie. David Fincher direct at the game now. Michael Douglas and uh, Sean Penn. You like? Do you like that movie? Game. I love that movie. It really holds up. And the thing is. Everything you need to know about that movie is in the fucking title. It's in the title. Like, it's, it's basically, if you're worried about spoilers, don't read the title <laughs> of the movie. Because it is. It's a game. Yeah. But the way the story fucking unfolds yeah. is masterful. It's a real mind fuck, And he's great at those. Um, and I, I don't know who, who did the script. I don't know if it was based on a novel or something. But mm-hmm. I just love that premise that it's, uh, you know, for ultra rich, for millionaires, billionaires, like... What do you get for the man who has everything? Is what he says, and it's this, fucking it's this experience. It's this game. I just like the idea that there's hundreds of extras that are putting on like a real. It's like real life LARPing. Yeah, man. Um, or is it Joe? Or is it a plot for them to steal your money? Written by John Brancato. There you go. Who? Uh, let's see. What else did John write? Oh, uh, <laughs> Sandra Bullock's The Net. Okay, so maybe Terminator Three: Rise Ooh, of the Machine. Strike Two. Bruce Willis's The Surrogates. Strike Three. Oh, hey. Oh, you know wait. what? Good news. Huh? He's also written The Net 2.0. Oh, there he Well, he totally <laughs> redeemed himself there at the 11th hour. Uh, and Good also, on apparently, uh, one episode of Married with Children. Well, then it just goes to show that a director can take... Uh, Hold on. What also might be written a mediocre by script. Michael Ferris. Oh. There's two writers on this. <laughs> so, Michael Ferris. Maybe he doesn't deserve as much credit as he's getting. Oh, but look, he's got sunglasses on. Oh, on he's his cool. IMDb well, this, his future oh, he is also so wrote bright. The Net. And Terminator Salvation. Yes. Terminator Rise. Man, yeah, you're right. All right. It's the director. It's one hit wonder. Well, uh, the game, if you've not seen that David Fincher film, uh, great. Like his second or third film, right? Yeah. Like right after Alien 3, maybe? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And after all the Paula Abdul videos that he did. That's right. Yeah. Oh, he's a great music video director. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but yeah, um, just I'm I, I realizing now uh, that David Fincher is like, he might be my favorite director of all think time. so? Like who else has a track record like that? Who else has a, Brian a style and a, and a... <laughs> no, no. Oh, you make me laugh. You, know? <laughs> you just come in here with the funnies. I think Danny Boyle has a good track. record. Danny Boyle's got a pretty good track record, but uh, he also did like The Island, right? That's kind of a that was Michael Bay that did The Island. No, what am I thinking of? You're thinking Michael Bay. No, I'm thinking of what's the one with Leonardo DiCaprio where it's all it's got that sequence the where beach. he's in a video game, The Beach. The that's beach. right. 
That's kind of maybe not one of his strongest. Is he in a video game? And was it's like Serenity? There's like a no. <laughs> I listened to our Serenity episode from uh, what a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, yeah. That no, there's a sequence where he's in a video game. Hmm. Uh, it's not, or it's just told like video game eight bit style. Uh, yeah, Danny, that's a good question. Does he have any? Let's look up Danny Boyle now because yeah, he may we, have some stinkers. We should we should totally do that. Let's, let's just totally not talk about the film we're here to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Oh, 127 hours, yeah. 28 days. Oh, he's doing... He likes a, numbers. He's, he does. And he's doing another 28 days later. Like a, a third uh, really? sequel. Yeah, wow. To round out that trilogy. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, dude, fucking Slumdog Millionaire, Probably of 20, course. 28 years later. Sunshine. Oh, Sunshine. Ah. Sunshine is one of my favorite films. An almost great film. Yeah. We've talked... We should really do that close. on this podcast. Yeah. Uh, all right, Danny Ball's pretty good. But uh, and Quentin Tarantino, I would put up there as far as uh, now he's only done nine movies. So Robert Rodriguez over fifty. No, what are you talking about? I'm t- Haven't you seen Spy Kids? <laughs> Spy Kids. No, 2? but I saw Shark Boy Spy Kids and 3D? Lava Girl. Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I hear Alita yeah. is good though. I am going to check that out. Oh, I love that with or, Madonna. Love- <laughs> Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> no. The truth is, I never left His you. James Cameron collaboration, right? Yeah, I, know. Yeah. I heard that was good. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, David Fincher. I don't. I think what uh, Benjamin Button may be his uh, his most uh, softly received film. Yeah, no man, because all of them are bangers. Didn't he? Uh, Social Network banger. Was it? Wait, no, it wasn't him. I was thinking of um, the Dark Knight. Uh, Oh, Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Yes, he... I was about to throw down a... Yeah, dude, but what about Memento? Mm, yeah. Oh, Memento's great! Memen- no, no, Memento's Oh, wonderful. I see what you're saying. I see but I'm trying saying. to think of like the, yeah, his softest yeah. received film. Like yeah. Memento was one of those sleeper hits. There was a Insomnia, his Insomnia remake. That was also Christopher was, Nolan. Yeah. And it was really good. Uh, so I Christopher like... Nolan's a good director until you get to like The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, I think he was just phoning it in then. And, and even going back and watching Batman Begins... It's not as strong as we remember. Batman Begins is really good, but I feel like Batman Begins falls under, like, it's Christopher Nolan doing great work with studio notes. Yeah. Then you got The Dark Knight, which I felt like was a little bit more his film. Yeah, he earned it. And then it was like, the studio was like, you want to make another one? Go for it. <laughs> and I think that's when we went a little too far. Too big for his head? Yeah, yeah. a little too big. Nah, I could see that. Um, I hear he does have an ego. <laughs> Well, I Much think like David Fincher. I think you have to, to be able to do those jobs and do them competently. Yeah. Not everyone's going to be a James Gunn, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, when I, I, I see Spielberg, James Gunn. Maybe. No, I think even Spielberg has, has, a, little, a little has, bit has some ego. Yeah, yeah, maybe, but he's still... You can't be in this business as long as he has. No, I totally understand, but he's not... He doesn't. There are no stories about him like there are about Michael Bay, just yeah. like ripping his cast and <laughs> getting in public love, feuds with his... I would his... love to hear those stories about like Spielberg on the set of Schindler's List all yeah. coked up, <laughs> yelling at like Liam Neeson and I stuff. He, like he and Tom Hanks just got like a Twitter feud. <laughs> You'll never work in this town again, Hanks. <laughs> He's like, what? What are, you, what are you talking about, motherfucker? Welcome to my neighborhood. Wouldn't that be great if there was like a Tyrese Rock kind of rivalry between <laughs> Tom Hanks and fucking anybody? Yeah. Like Tom Hanks feuding with anyone. Nobody Sounds would amazing. believe it. Like it's like the um, uh, the pop music kid um, who challenged Tom Cruise to a fight. Justin yeah. Bieber. Justin Bieber. Oh, really? He did that? Yeah, he challenged Tom Cruise to a fight. <laughs> That's not going to end well. Like, but... but but why? Like, why? Did Tom Cruise even respond to that? No, I don't think so. He's too big for that. I don't. Th- I don't think. Well, not not physically, <laughs> but I'm sure it's probably just but, a couple of inches like, shorter. 
even though I know everybody has this thing about like weirdo fucking Tom Cruise and Scientology and stuff, yeah. but the dude never seems to be like starting beef with anybody. No, like, he he just kind of does his work and he does good work. He does solid, does great solid work. films. Hell yeah. And churns them out for like the past 60 fucking years. Tom Cruise well, churning out these fucking movies. Look at him from the original Top Gun to now the Top Gun sequel. Yeah. And how well he is held uh-huh. up. Yeah. And then look at Kelly McGillis in the same amount of time. Well, why are you doing that? Are you attacking Kelly That's, McGillis? I mean, I'm just saying, like... You shouldn't do that. I'm, it's, it's less about Kelly McGillis and more about, like, where Maybe he Maybe I'm a little more be. sensitive about it because I'm looking at this fucking camera feed <laughs> oh, with no. me and the worst Don't do fucking that. angle Don't in the do world. Don't do that. All right, well, here. You can't even see my face, which is how I like it. Yeah. You look great, Joe. Come on, you Shut look fantastic. Shut the fuck up. The camera... How about I just... <laughs> I'm kidding. But it is. It is self-conscious. I'm very fucking All I'm saying is Tom this. Cruise should be like Jack Nicholson at this point. Like just hey, crazy hair. Are you saying they should remake uh, the uh, A Few Good Men? And Tom oh, Cruise should play the fucking Jack dude, Nicholson Dude, that's a great role? idea. Reboot that. He's like, you can't even handle the truth of your... <laughs> <laughs> Who would play the young you, Tom Cruise? You can't more handle the truth. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who would play Young Tom. Jamie Bamber from fucking <laughs> sure. from uh, from Battle Battleship Gala- Battle Star Battleship Galactic. Dude, I am having a fucking stroke. This is what happens when I, we record at 11 p.m. on I a think Monday. I'm having a fucking stroke. Uh oh. Thank you for doing stroke this, out by here. the way. No, of course, because hey, we have to work around schedules. And schedules. Um, yeah. So, anything else? So David Fincher, great film, uh, or <laughs> a great <laughs> filmmaker, and the game, a great film. You know who else Check is a out. really good filmmaker? Hmm. Uh, that would be John Carpenter. Yes, he is. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're about to dive into something that maybe isn't the crown jewel in Not his collection. Always. This is the Editing Bay on the Next Wave Radio Network. My name's Joe. I'm Joel. And this is where we come to talk about movies. Sometimes they're good movies, sometimes bad movies. No matter what the case, every week we will get together and watch a movie and then talk about it with each other, with you, our lovely Editing Bay listeners, either listening to the podcast now, watching us live on Facebook. Hello. Uh, you could take part in the discussion by going to facebook.com slash editing bay or in that search bar, put in the Editing Bay. Find that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes, uh, and that's where you can comment, talk back to us, uh, and you know, every once in a while, you can uh, you could follow us on the chat while we're doing the uh, the the Facebook live stream and engage with uh, with Hillary, who likes to yell at us while we're <laughs> while we're doing. She's getting very upset that but, I I messed up Battlestar Galactica. Oh, uh, it's okay. See, we'll cut that part out. Don't worry. Yeah. All right, let's get into this. So Jeff Bridges' best friend, Kurt Russell. Uh, stars That's in this movie, right. Escape from L.A. Starman himself. You know, well, because Jeff Bridges was originally supposed to be, he was tapped by John Carpenter to originally be Snake Plissken. And he turned the role down and recommended Kurt Russell. That's a great and recommendation. Jeff Bridges went on to do John Carpenter's movie Starman. Yeah, I could not have seen that. He's too... He's uh, a star man he's got waiting that, in the wings. He's got that million dollar smile and Snake Plissken should not smile. No. Should never smile. But Kurt Russell's got a fucking fantastic smile too. I know he does, but he he's also got a Mona a, Lisa smile. He's got a great growl too. Yeah. Call me Snake. You got a light... So, uh, Escape from L.A. from 1996, obviously, we said, directed by John Carpenter, who gave us Escape from New York, The Thing, They Live, Big Trouble in Little China, Halloween, the made-for-TV Elvis movie starring Kurt Russell. (laughs) John Carpenter's all over the fucking place. The budget for this movie... $50 $50 million. Do you know how much it brought in at the box office? $25. 25. $25.5 so $10 million of that 50 yeah. was Kurt Russell's Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Kurt Russell got $10 million to do this movie. Well, so I don't even think... He got a fifth of the budget. Even if he uh, weren't taking the lion's share of the uh, the payroll... Yeah. This film still wouldn't have made money. Wouldn't, mm-hmm. it? wouldn't have gotten anywhere close. I think... And what do you attribute that to, Joe? Uh, I think... 
Okay, I mean, I attribute it to a couple of things. Okay, uh, I, I attribute it to the fact that it is a sequel to a movie that didn't do well in its initial release and came out like fifteen years afterwards. Up, yeah, right? it came out fifteen years after it. Uh, yeah, eighty one. It, and, but like I said, you know, it was a movie that didn't really get a whole lot of success until the cult following that followed all of that. Like, yeah. it was ten years later that people were starting to discover Escape from New York again and really enjoying it for what it was. But that's exactly when you strike. Right. And then iron is hot. But they waited a little too long. They waited too long and they pulled... What's ironic is they pulled kind of a kind of a Force Awakens with this movie. Just rebooted where it. It's a little bit of the same story, just told in a, in a new way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that... Unfortunately, as much as I love Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. he's not a huge box office draw. No. And so now you've got this escape from L.A. And people are like, who the fuck is Snake Plissken? Yeah. I think they waited too long to put this thing out. I think that uh, they tried to make this story too big. When you look at... You look, well, look at Escape from New York. think this story was too big? Look at Escape... Yeah. They, I think they tried to do... Bro. You, like they, <laughs> they tried so much with like the special effects with this movie, and they're horrible. The fucking visual effects in this they're, movie are so some bad. Of the wor- these are like Sharknado level uh, special effects. In fact, there is a fucking shark. There is a movie. shark. That's right. And I, I really wish that we had somebody who was like a California or LA native that could have been on with us to talk about this because I have a feeling like some of those locations don't gel like that he fucking he gets in his little one-man submarine yeah. and goes past the la city hall or the, the right. police department and then like slides right past universal, universal studios, studios yeah. i don't think that's on the way to where you're going well also in the, the the climax of this film is supposed to take place in in uh, disney world right or, or a land mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like a stand-in for Magic, Disneyland. yeah ma- uh, they, what was it called happy S- kingdom something yeah happy kingdom by the sea yeah uh, and of and course, they, couldn't get the rights to that. Disney was like, "You want to do fucking what?" Yeah, exactly. No, no. John, who, <laughs> who, who? Uh, yeah. So the so the bones are there. Like everything that happens in this movie in the first like ten sure. minutes, everything is almost beat for beat what you saw in Escape from New York, where we get the setup, yeah. which I love. I I like that in this one too. I like the way they set everything up. Like. Okay, this is what happens. This is why this is walled off. Now it's not so much that, you know, we, it's just like an island. We got this natural barrier. I think there's some things that don't make sense. But then at the same time, I think that they were, uh, I think they predicted some shit that we couldn't have seen coming. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> that like a fucking presidential candidate yes. can get up on, on the dais and just start spouting ridiculous shit yeah. and get voted sinners president. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be it'd be silly and comedic if it weren't so close to being real, unfortunately. Yes. So and Cliff Robertson playing that role. So what he did was Yeah, Uncle Ben. He uh he he had foreseen a great earthquake that mm. was going to rock the, the the West Coast. Yeah. And it actually fucking happens. And afterwards they give him a lifetime appointment as president. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think that's it's usually not how it works. There's nothing that makes sense about this, but all right, I'm willing to go on this ride with yeah. you. So they end up turning the uh they turn the island of Los Angeles yeah. into like a deportation like and like seeing that shit, I'm like Oh, so this is kind of like what's happening yeah, at the southern exactly. border right yeah. now. In fact, there, at one point, there is a girl who shows up and she's like, Muslim. I was a Muslim in North Dakota and mm-hmm. uh, I, they, they sent me here. I, I got kicked out. I'm like, ooh, a little close to home in yeah. uh, 2019, isn't it? Uh, so we, we start off with Snake Plissken. He's been... He's been uh, caught, and Kurt Russell wearing the fucking exact costume he wore. <laughs> I no, patch and all, dude. Yeah. Well, they. I mean, that's one of the one of the trivia things on this was like Kurt Russell got himself back into shape, 
so he could fit in his original Snake Plissken yeah, costume. He's looking pretty good for what forty five or whatever he was. Like, yeah, I think well, he's forty seven when he when they made this a movie. There's a shot of him with his shirt off, and you can tell he's kind of sucking in. Do you, bro, I can't little... fucking judge that. Can you judge that shit? No, I'm not saying you I want have to take off your shirts right I, now while we do this. Nobody wants that. No, I guarantee the I don't Facebook think listeners so. don't want that. But comment if you do. If you want to see Joel take off his shirt, I'll fucking take my shirt off right now. I'll drop trout. Here, I'm going to do a button. How about wow. that, Joe? Wow. Right. For every uh, every comment we get, I undo another button. Well, we've got seven. We have seven comments. <laughs> no, no, from now, from this point oh, on. Oh, from this point on. Yeah. Moving on. Okay. So <laughs> Actually, somebody just told me to button back up, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> So we've got uh, we've got this uh, this deportation center where he's walking down the hall and people are like electing to be executed. Like you could elect to <laughs> if be you executed. To just kill yourself now. Feel free. Which is just fucking chilling. Oh, by the way, uh, the ah. movies from 1996, other oh, films yeah. that came out that year. Oh, this will be fun. Independence Day. Yes. Scream. Fargo, The English oh. Patient, Train Spotting, Sling Blade, Jerry Maguire, Mission Impossible, Twister, Romeo and Juliet, The People vs. Larry Flint from Dust Till Dawn, mm. The Frighteners, uh, The Rock, Dragonheart, Star Trek First Contact, uh, Happy Gilmore, Strip Tease, The Long Kiss Goodnight, The Birdcage, The Ghost in the Darkness, and Jingle All the Way. And so they, <laughs> the exception of the last one. <laughs> I love how you just fucking sneak those sneak into the that wire. Last like, one in. Mission Impossible, Pulp Fiction, and Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Um, and, and I think you just highlighted the problem with this film, the main problem with this film. Uh, and I don't think it's that, hey, 11-11, make a wish. I don't think it's that um, there were 15 years that passed between the original and this film, because... We we see that happen nowadays. They're rebooting old films and 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 making them fresh again. But the problem is is what you said earlier. This is ex- an exact, almost kind of like a one for one, beat for beat. It's a beat of for Escape beat, from but New York. it's not. It's not to to that same quality. Like the it's it, not. No, as, it's, it's not, not it as solid worse. as the first one. Yeah, and, uh, and it didn't update its sensibilities. All those movies you listed coming out from 1996 are some. Gr- not, I'm sorry, and maybe it's just because like that was the era, that was the decade where I was kind of really getting into film, but. I really do feel like so, there were new things happening in film in right. the 90s. It was the indie it was the indie yeah. boom. Yeah, it was yeah. the indie boom. You were yeah. getting your Kevin, Kevin Smith, Smith, you were getting your Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino was yeah. hitting. Um uh, uh Boy. Spike Jones was hitting at that same time. That's right. So, I get it. You got all these fresh new voices that are coming out and then here's old, old ass John Carpenter, <laughs> yes. you know, digging up one of his other his yeah. old properties and mm-hmm. you know, updating it. People didn't want that at that time. And the thing is, it's funny, I read an article about uh, this movie, John Carpenter being interviewed, and he's talking about how, like, I really feel like Escape from L.A. has been harshly judged. I think time is (laughs) going to tell on this movie, (laughs) and I think people are going to go, what was I thinking? It's really great. No. I don't know, John. I think, sit down, John. Somebody (laughs) better open up a window. Go home, John. You're drunk. Uh, like Somebody better. (laughs) Was that a 1776 reference? Sure was. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> Nothing but the most highbrow musical theater references. <laughs> exactly. Uh, You've been hanging out of the pocket too much. <laughs> speaking of music, mm. I get why John Carpenter updated the score. Oh, did he? But he didn't have to. Yeah, he did. The score's updated to this movie. Yeah, and it's. I'll give you that. And it, and it doesn't. It's kind of like what we're saying about this movie right now, right off the bat. Mm. Like things are updated, but not in the not in the best way. Like, right. Not in a good way. It's just you know. It's almost like. They gave it a new a new coat of polish, yeah. But they just spit polished it. Lipstick they didn't on a pig. Actual like, yeah. So, um, so the the Escape from New York score is perfect. You could have just used that. It's like if John Williams 
updated the Star Wars score <laughs> yeah. for the prequels. Yeah. Like suddenly that he threw like some more bass into it or something. Yeah. It's like we don't we don't need that. Gonna play it all in kazoos. The classic is a didgeridoo. <laughs> didgeridoo. Wow. 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 Another another nail in the coffin for a lot of movies is when you let the star also produce and write. This is Kurt Russell's only writing credit. I could see why. Yeah, apparently he like came up with the ending of this film and wrote it. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's not the worst part of this movie. No, it's not. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and there were like three different endings. There were four different endings. Four different endings. There were three where he was going to die. That's right. And like one where he lives. And then you can't I think there were two Snake different versions of, one, of one where he lives. It's like, and there were like little lines. And I think there was like, at the end, after he turns the power off, Mm-hmm. I think the, the one. EMP. In the, I think the one in the actual film is like he like looks at the camera and he's like, "What are you looking at?" Oh, he breaks the fourth wall. Yeah, he breaks the fourth wall, and then I think there's another version where he's like, "Welcome to the human race." That's the one that they. Oh, used. that's the one they use. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So there was one that when I saw it in the theater, he did the whole like he looks at the camera and goes. What are you looking at? Well, they couldn't kill him because they were setting this up for a trilogy. They were going to do Escape from Mars. That's right. Which ended up being that. Ghosts of Mars. Yeah. And they like it so much. Like, that was supposed to be the next one. I know. And this one did so horribly. They're like, nope. <laughs> and it's good. sad to go back and watch that thinking that, oh, that could have been Snake Plissken. It could have been, been. Although, but, maybe it's a good thing because that, that could have been Snake Plissken. Well, and I had heard rumors as well. Like, there's this, um, man, it was this movie with Maggie Grace and... Uh, um, <laughs> Taken. No, the guy from Memento. Who's the actor from Memento? Oh, sh- Guy uh, Pierce. Guy Pierce. thank you. He, uh, so he did this movie called, I think it's called Escape. Mm, Maybe it's called out. Escape, where he goes to like some space prison colony and breaks this woman out. Like It is one of these movies that feels like it's very much inspired by John Carpenter's Escape From movies. No. Almost to the point where you feel like, was this the script for like the next oh, Escape yeah. From movie? It's not Lockout, is it? Yes, it is. It was Lockout? Lock, Lockout. There you go. Man, 2012. That movie, that movie was garbage, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there she is, Maggie Grace. Peter Stormare's in that. Of course. Love him. <laughs> I'm here to fix uh, the cobble. That's about <laughs> <laughs> He plays the same character, actually. <laughs> they have cable on Mars. You'll never guess what he does next. <laughs> he fixes the cable. Fixes the cable. <sighs> that's good that we made that same reference twice in a row. <laughs> we'll cut the earlier part out, so they'll be like hearing it for the first time. <laughs> I feel it for the first time. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, no, so... <sighs> where to get into this movie you know it's it was an unnecessary sequel yes and it feels like it like whereas Escape from New York I think had this nice creepy quality to it like a lot of even though you felt like and what I loved about what John Carpenter did in that movie and mm. what he he even does that a little bit in this movie where he plays with depth of field where like Snake Plissken is making his way down streets and you'll see people like run past in the foreground and like kind of it's true and it's like a little sparse and and it kind of creates this cool, creepy atmosphere. Not as much in this one because he fills every shot he can with a fuck ton of extras. There's a lot of stuff this going is, on in this. There's way too many. You extras think too much? In this film. I don't yes. know. I kind of thunk. I thunk. Uh-huh. I think it, uh, it it gave it some life. It gave it some production value that did maybe you, was missing did in you previous feel, films. Did you feel like it was done better in this one than in Escape from New York? Uh, I felt like it was a world that was lived in. Yeah, Escape from New York kind of felt like um, the Warriors. Like we had the same 12 What's wrong with extras. the Warriors? No, nothing. It's just like from a production value standpoint, you could tell it was done on a budget. You could tell it was like a... Uh, some studio was taking a chance, but they weren't going to throw all of their eggs into this basket. Yeah. And uh, Escape from L.A., Aside from the visual effects, 
But the the, produ- the the costuming, the set design, I thought it looked pretty. They got like a hundred trashed cars from a uh, <laughs> from a, a Blues Brothers set, yeah, exactly, <laughs> and just kind of strewn them about this set. I mean, it it feels post apocalyptic. I think I read somewhere that they filmed some of this in the 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 town square set from Universal Studios yeah, from Back right. to the Future. That's right. Yeah, there, and there's you could definitely feel like this movie has this like filmed on a studio feel. Whereas I felt like Escape from New York, even though it was also filmed in a studio, mm. didn't feel like it to me. Yeah. I, there's just something very... So, okay, it also helps let me, a let lot me put it... it like this. Okay. Escape from New York, Snake Plissken is very much to me like the Clint Eastwood man with no-name cowboy character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something like Escape from New York, it really complements and fits that character. Whereas Escape from L.A., they tried to make it a little too slick, a little too updated for 19... When was this? 90, 96. 96 when yeah, it came out? yeah. It's a little too slick, a little too polished, but not, not. I hear you. Not in the right way. I hear you. So even though I dug like that old western thing they were doing with the score, yeah. Bam, bam, yeah. Bam. He's got his theme coming back. Uh, so that was that was kind of cool. But I, I hear you. When they have too much money, they have too much of a budget. You want to show all that stuff, right? So you right. want to do more. Whereas when you're working on a shoestring budget, you work with what you have and you get creative with it. But then you know what? If you have that budget, find a fucking effect studio that knows how to do what you're trying to do. It's embarrassing. I was reading that the, the studio, like this, was the first time they had ever used some of this technology. And they didn't know creating. how to do it. No, yep. and it shows. Yeah, that right off the bat, that um, the submarine where he gets in the little one man submarine and he's going through to the island of L.A. Oh God, there is some like it looks like a, an a episode Disney of World. reboot. Yes, <laughs> yeah, or like the, a Disney World the money ride for nothing from video. The <laughs> yeah, it does. Those two guys just like in the bottom <laughs> yes. of the water. Uh, it is. It is really bad, and especially. Uh, we haven't really talked about Peter Fonda yet because this is supposed to be a Peter Fonda tribute. Yes, that's what we were originally supposed to do. Heart condition again. That's right. Apologies we, <laughs> once again to heart condition. To Bob Hoskins. We and have Denzel canceled Washington. that one because what, who was it? it was uh, fucking... Rip Torn died first. Yeah. Then we had uh, Rutger Hauer passed away, and then we're like, you know what? Now next week we're gonna get back to heart condition. And then Peter Fonda, God bless his soul. Um, we didn't have to do a Peter Fonda Captain episode. America from Easy Rider. But I think that's right. Uli's Gold. The, that's didn't a good he win one. an Oscar for that? He did. He got nominated if he didn't win, but uh, yeah, really but strong performance. You from know him. the In Memoriam is going to be a clip from this, of him surfing with <laughs> Kurt Russell. <laughs> In slow motion. Jesus, on the horrible the fucking green fucking, screen. The fucking surfing scene. So where do we fall on Peter Fonda, as long as we're talking about I think him. Peter Fonda benefits very greatly. For a long time, I think Peter Fonda was getting by on the fame of his father. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just until recently where Peter Fonda was really like, he was fine in Easy Rider. Yeah. But Uli's Gold was incredible. His was role good. in Uli's Gold was But again, incredible. how much of that was the directing? Because was probably the director. he's not really one of these guys who comes in and has his own, oh, uh, let's go see the new Peter Fonda film. I mean, if it was evidenced by the work he did in this movie, yeah. <laughs> where <laughs> it felt like someone else was telling him his lines in an earpiece and he was like, oh, hey, oh, yeah. Snake. <laughs> yes. Snake, how how are you? He definitely seems stoned. Oh man! For the majority of the time he's on screen. What happened to you, brother? <laughs> yes. You know, fucking Lewis from Revenge of the Nerds is in this movie too. Wait, what? Robert Robert fucking Carradine. Who does he play? When Snake Plissken goes into the club Shut where he's trying up. to find the guy from the uh, the rescue team, the, and yeah, he goes yeah. to the bar and is he, he sees the dead the guy body, with all, the, all the knives in him. Yeah. The fucking skinhead with the knives is Robert fucking Carradine. No way. Yeah, dude. I did not recognize he him. He gets shot in the alleyway. Yeah, he does. He's like, hey, man, I'm talking to you. 
Yep. Robert fucking Carradine. Uh, I feel like this movie... Cast of thousands. This movie was a favor to and a favor from a lot of John Carpenter's friends. Like... You had well. You had so many fucking cameos in this movie. It was ridiculous. And and Steve Buscemi. The only reason that he's in this movie, classing it up Matt the way the he stars is, Eddie. is because uh, he he was trying to finance his own little independent film, Trees Lounge. Tree, have you ever seen that movie? Yes, I have. Really good. Yeah, it's good. I it's... loved. I I wish he he would do more directing because that was really strong. I mean, sure. No. 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 I think it's a good movie. I just think that it's got a. It's a very. Like we were talking earlier, all these voices that were coming out of that time, mm-hmm. I think Trees Lounge is very much a time capsule of 1996. Like, that is true. I'm very, I, I'm worried that if Steve Buscemi got behind a camera again, he might like, try that again. Yeah, is that is all that he's where got. he's stuck? Is ah, he stuck in that area? I feel like he probably but, progresses with the knows, years, bro. I don't know. Maybe he's directed episodes of fucking Empire and that shit. could be. I let's, don't know. Let's find out. You should Steve look at him. That's very, it's very exciting. But he is uh, definitely giving one of the best performances in this film. He gives a good performance in this movie. He's great at this. Bruce Campbell as the fucking <laughs> Surgeon General of Beverly Hills. Unrecognizable. That is the most John Carpenter moment in this movie. Yeah. It's legitimately creepy. Yes. It's creepy in a weird, like, tongue-in-cheek, funny way, too. But also horrific. Also horrific. And it's like... Well, this feels like John Carpenter. Like, everything about this moment, like the way it's lit, the way it sounds, the way it's scored, the way it's being performed, I'm like, well, this feels like John Carpenter. Then, like, the rest of it, once we leave that fucking, that 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 one room, once we leave that, it feels like John Carpenter was pulling uh, a Gus Van Sant from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, <laughs> and he was just counting, counting money, money he didn't have. Yeah, I was like, whose money, though? <laughs> whose money? It's definitely not the money this movie Kurt made. Russell's money, so it was counting. Maybe it was James Woods from Vampires. Putting it into a bag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, so, do you know, look at that. Uh, Steve Buscemi does direct uh, episodes of uh, Portlandia and uh, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. There we go. Park Minch with Steve so, Buscemi. So he keeps, uh, he TV does series. keep busy. Yeah, 30 Rock. Hey, was there a reason why they mentioned that the president moved the White House from Washington, D.C. to Lynchburg, Virginia? <laughs> I, I think that was a direct... Well, so apparently that character was like a uh, was supposed to be like a Pat Robertson type, you know, one of these televangelists who was all about sinners and the America's, the downfall of America. Um, but, but we never really brought it back to it. Like, no, I, I think it was a throwaway because uh, Jerry Falwell's b- bullshit school that his just bullshit son now runs is in Lynchburg, Virginia. Oh. I just don't think... I think it's like... Um, it's like too... It's too specific a reference. You know how... Um, who are the guys who did the airplane, all those movies? Kentucky oh, yeah. Fried Movie. Yeah, yeah, the, um, the, the brothers. Those guys, how they're always bagging on Detroit... Like the, oh, that's Detroit true. is like a reoccurring uh, city to, to shit upon. Yeah. I kind of feel like Virginia and Lynchburg in particular has... Uh, oh, that's right. Also, yeah. Cleveland. Cleveland gets a lot of call-outs. Well, you know why, film. right? Because the character of Snake Plissken was based on a guy... John Carpenter had a friend yeah. who talked about a buddy he had named Snake Plissken who lived, lived in, in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. It's like a callback. And that's what I think... They should do a prequel. That's what I'm saying. That's what the third movie should be, a prequel, Escape from Cleveland. Escape from Cleveland. That's it should right. totally be that. Just find... You know what? Hire Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell, who was in 22 Jump Street. He's great. He could be young Snake Plissken oh my in God. Cleveland. Dude, that's a great idea. I have them sometimes. And then get to Seth, what's his name, to, to just do the voice of Cleveland? <laughs> hey, Snake. Hey there, Snake. <laughs> he eats That's... him at the beginning of the movie, and the whole thing yeah, is about him getting out from of him. Him. <laughs> Escape from Cleveland. Way to take a good idea and just shit on it. <laughs> no, that was that is funny. I would love to see a prequel. Uh, yeah, Escape from Cleveland would be great. Talk about... 
Carjack Malone. Yeah. Oh, because that's to, supposed to be Carjack Malone. Get was to in see Cleveland. him as a as a man. Yeah. Before uh, Foxy Brown. They do takes that role. Bro, over in this. she is really good in this movie. She too. she's better than this, and she wasn't fucking Jackie Brown. Yeah, the starring role. She's giving, and she's doing a whole lot of like she's playing off that exploitation kind of element. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of actors in this movie that I'm like, huh, this was a weird choice, and some of them work, but a lot of them don't. Stacy Keach, far from being 1996's Lee Van Cleef, uh, <laughs> Lee Van Cleef was really good in this role in Escape from New York. Yeah, where Stacy Keach is just like he's a dry wall. It seems sad. Like it's it's like Michael Ironside's later films. Yeah, and, like, and the thing is, on, what are you doing? You're they, better than this. They force him and his character to do some really dumb things, like that whole setup before Snake goes to to L.A., mm-hmm. where it's like you know he, Snake tries to attack him, and it turns they're out holograms. they're holograms. Yep. Huh? Can't kill me. I'm a hologram. <laughs> then they're going through the weapons, and they're like, hey, you know, blah 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 blah. And uh, and there's even a point where like Snake throws the clothes. He's like, I don't want this, just the jacket. He's like, you're gonna put it all on. Mm-hmm. Then Snake is like, are any of you gonna be the ones that give me the injection to kill yeah. me? He's like, no, good. <laughs> and he's like, ha, 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 you can't kill us. That first clip was blanks. And I'm like, all right. You know what? There's there's cute. Like the hologram thing is cute because it kind of gives us a little bit of background on where we and are. It comes in into play later. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The blanks thing is just. That's just sloppy ass writing. Yeah. That's just all right. Well, I try to kill him again, but I had I don't know. They put blanks in my yeah. fucking gun. Like that dude, Snake Plissken would have just went oh, and yeah. put like actual. Like, he immediately has another clip. Exactly, and they just walk away. He's real fucking just sloppy with that machine gun. By the way, yeah, like he loses it. In one of the like least subtle ways to try to get to Cuervo Jones, yeah, Cuervo fucking Jones. So like, there's this parade of Cuervo Jones and his guys, and there's dudes on motorcycles. Did you think of Idiocracy? I did. I did. President there's Camacho. A lot of points in this movie where I felt like this is yeah. a lot like Idiocracy. Yeah. Where he like runs up behind a guy on a motorcycle, takes the dude off from behind. I'm like, people are fucking watching yeah, you. Yeah, people right can now. see you. Son. People see what's going on. Then he gets on the motorcycle, starts riding. Dude comes up, and Snake has got a machine gun, and dude like makes him drop it. So he takes out the dude, and I'm like, turn around and get I, your fucking machine. gun. I thought gun. he was gonna like yeah do one of those cool like Indiana Jones moves where he like he's riding the horse and he kind of leans over and grabs it on the yeah. way back. You're gonna need that fucking gun, dude. Uh-huh. But he doesn't. He, no, because he's trying to think, Snake fucking Plissken. Snake Plissken. He shoots. Like four or five people, and, and he shoots them two minutes from this point, which is actually, I think, a really good bit, where he falls off the bike. When he gets taken out by a bolo, <laughs> remember yes. when Cuervo Jones just fucking bolos him off of a fucking truck? I've never seen those work before. <laughs> Except for in uh, Return of No, it didn't no, even work in Return of the with Jedi. Wicket, yeah. The fucking Wicket hit himself in the face. So he fucking gets taken out by the bolo, and those guys surround him, and Cuervo Jones is like, kill him. And so he's like... I'll give you guys a shot. I'll give you a chance. So silly. Bangkok rules. Nobody draws until this hits the floor. And he throws the can up. And I like that he like kills everybody. That was a good moment. That's a good Snake Plissken moment. Yes. Because there's a lot of points in this movie where Snake Plissken's kind of made to look like an idiot. Wouldn't you agree? Well, that whole scene on the basketball court like doesn't, to me, make a lot of sense. And then also, this isn't a very tense... So what, he's, he just has to continuously make what was it 10 points score 10 points in a certain amount of time yeah, he has to score before the points. shot clock clock runs out running yeah. back and forth yeah and, and i get that they're setting up the like oh the virus is working its way through his system because he only that's the whole thing he has like 10 hours he thinks uh before this virus that they've injected him with takes over yeah um and you see him kind of slow down and get weak but i'm sorry that scene didn't do it for me and it, it seemed um 
it seemed far fetched. It seemed like something that was was beneath that character. It wasn't. It wasn't as creative as like you have an explosive device that's in your neck. Like, yeah, we've put this explosive device in. Instead, it's we gave you a cold. Yeah, even when you find <laughs> out later, flu. it's like you've got the flu. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, honestly, if it was supposed to be like some kind of like killer virus that would. The last thing they're going to do is just infect you by scratching you, because that seems like it would be a little more infectious. <laughs> like, yeah, right. Like, she could be accidentally, like, scratching other people as she's making her way through the That's office. true. Spread it around. But, uh, but yeah, whatever. Um, but you were talking about moments that uh, made him look Yeah, like, like silly. They, they made him look silly. There were a lot of moments that made him look silly, uh, you know, it, where, you know, he gets caught. He's like, you're the one making all the noise. And he gets out and he gets netted. By somebody like Jurassic Park style. That's true. Sees the guy in the black robes and is like, "Oh shit!" And he looks over Which, and sees he gets netted. Sometimes we're, I, I love it when there's a when when your main character is kind of you know fallible. We talked about it before when when you can tell that the stakes are high because oh he's not just some superhero who can who can get out of every moment. But Snake Plissken, that character kind of is. Yeah. Like in in Escape from New York, um, he was that character. I never really got like. Felt like he was in danger. He was always in control. He was a badass. Yeah, and that's what I, I wanted to see more of that, he and less bad- of him crawling through the sewers. I think one of the slipping th- and falling down a hole. Yeah, one of the things that worked really well in Escape from New York that didn't hear mm-hmm. is our antagonist. Yeah, Isaac Hayes as as the King of New York yeah. in, in the first one is so fucking good, and Hello, he's just children. chewing. He's chewing up scenery. He's just delicious in that movie. Whereas this guy, this George Caraface or whatever, who plays. Cuervo Jones. Cuervo Jones. Totally forgettable. Yeah. Totally forgettable as a villain. He's just a generic, like like a drug dealer from a Law and Order episode. And what was his plan? Was he was going to turn off the power at the border so they could cross back? I guess. And then what? Like, and then where are you going? <laughs> I know. I, I, Not well thought through. I, I'm, a, I'm a little confused as to what it is that they were going to try to do. Uh, the, also not very well thought through was uh, the president's plan either. Because no, like what's no. what's their big plan? Like they're they're about to be invaded by uh, what Puerto Rico and Cuba, yes, right? Yes. It's coming up into Miami. Uh-huh. We got to stave them off there. Yeah, and so they were going to use the EMP to stop them, but wouldn't that affect? Florida it would have affected everybody. As well? It would have still affected, and everybody. it does at the end of the movie. And they still and like um, they talk about how like they've got this technology where they could like pinpoint what it is they want to target or whatever. Dude, the technology, I love how the future tech in this movie is so fucking low tech. It's so fucking low tech. The little handheld communicator that it's it's supposed to take place in 2013, by the way. So we're well into iPhone territory in reality. Mm -hmm. And that he's got this big clunky, looks like an original Game Boy. Yes. Like has to unpull and and put a mini disc. A little mini disc. A Sony mini disc. Exactly. And what we did this week, she puts like nail polish yeah, on it. Yeah, that's the way that Steve Buscemi's going to tell it apart. Like, a... Bro, that would keep you from reading it. Yeah, of course. It keeps the media from being able to read. You just ruined it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Map to the Stars, Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> I do love that character, though, man. He's, he's a good character. He's great. And I like that he's got a little bit of those sensibilities that we saw in Escape from New York, where he's a character that isn't afraid to like turn on Snake Plissken yeah, if yeah. it serves his needs. Duplicitous. He's, he's not a villain. Like You don't see him as a villain. Yeah. He's just out for himself. Out for number one. That's uh, right. Although, uh, unclear why he's dressed like the Joker from Tim Burton's Batman. Well, because he's mapped to the stars, Eddie. He's got the hat on <laughs> and like the almost. And he, he looks so pale already, Steve Buscemi. And then they put him in that, I guess, purple coat. Well, his introduction into this movie is really awkward, too. And I'm talking about like the moment leading up to it. It's after Kurt Russell's already been like knocked off his bike. Right. And so 
we're ever like going to the ticking clock that's on his wrist mm-hmm. to try to give us that sense of like, ooh, we need to move on. We need to get this thing going. That huge like fucking forearm oh, bracelet. Fuck yes, with, like It looks like a... It looks like from uh, the Pip-Boy from uh, from Fallout. <laughs> it looks like the uh, alarm clock your grandfather would have <laughs> on his bedside table. It just like takes up his entire fucking forearm. Right. And so so like there's this whole thing about like, you got to move it. You got to move it if you... And it's like... I just leave. I can't remember what he says, but Kurt Russell gets on the radio with Stacy Keach, and Stacy Keach is like, "You got to move it, Snake," and he's like, "Don't I know it?" Yeah. And then like we hear that, mm-hmm. which doesn't give you any sense of motion. He pulls out a fucking lawn chair and just sits down on a porch. Yeah. I'm like what? Why? Are you what are you sit- doing? Why are you-, you need to get moving? And that's when Map of the Stars Eddie shows up. We get an aftershock of an earthquake because they're ever doing that in this movie where it's like aftershocks. I'm like, it's okay, it's an aftershock. I was like, this earthquake supposedly took place 15 years ago in the year 2000. Sure. In the year 2000, I do love that. We we kind of glossed over that, but at the beginning when they're showing like the big one yeah. that happens in, in L.A. and there's like, you know, it's L.A. because uh, there's there's nary uh, multiple any overpasses. Yes, there's but there's like one car on the road and like one 18 wheeler. Like yeah. I remember traffic being that uh, sparse. <laughs> it's in, all the miniatures they could afford, Joel. Exactly. That's there's it. like 15 extras running along the street. It's crazy seeing the visual effects in that scene too <laughs> so with the bad. earthquake. It is like fucking Sharknado. It's sci-fi channel. Yeah, it's Sharknado effects. Yeah. Um all right, so you talked about the basketball gladiator thing. Yeah, Again, the gladiator arena thing worked better in Escape from New York. Uh, so you have you had that in this one. I am impressed with the fact that Kurt Russell actually made all those shots. Apparently he did, right? Mm-hmm. No visual effects there at all. I mean, granted, he you, have to imagine, you have to imagine, he probably, it probably took him fucking forever to make yeah, all those mean, shots. Meanwhile, the sun is rising in the background. Hurry up. Could you imagine being on the fucking crew, like having to, all right, relight. Yep. Let's. Check the gate. <laughs> let's let's roll it again. Roll for run for sound. I will, all right. <laughs> I do appreciate that about this film. And they did the same thing with uh, Escape from New York, which is it's all shot at night. At night, it's all the whole entire thing is dark. Mm-hmm. And and um, I just love a, a movie like that, like The Crow or like Dark City, where it, 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 <laughs> the lack of light. I just love that you you named off two far superior films to this one. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to the think. The Crow, of films. Dark City. You think The Crow Escape is far superior? LA. To this? Yeah, I do. I think The Crow is far superior to Escape from L.A. Kind of in the same category for me. You what? Oh, okay, crow's better. Crow's better, but it was trying to do less. Do less. <laughs> do that's the key, John Garbiner. Do, do less with your escape from LA movie. You're trying to, but much. you know what? You but you're right. They tried to do too much in this movie. Yeah. They didn't have to do that much. If you just stayed with the simple formula, yeah. because you had, like I said, you had the bones to it, but then they tried to put too much on top yeah. of it. We don't need and to it's see... not a very stable base. No, already, yeah. We don't need to see Foxy Brown and her gang like hang gliding. Like the, the fucking the, the flying monkeys from <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yes. It was that was um... that was a little much. That plan was a little confusing to me. Uh, yeah, like, well, they're gonna, they're gonna, they've got the high ground, Joe. They're yeah. gonna <laughs> come from above. Attic and I have the high ground, as if nobody can be shot out of the sky. No, yeah. well, no, not if you, plus, not if you surprise them. Plus, they're, when they show them, like they're just clearly like on wires and they're moving about half a mile an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not very uh, imposing looking. Did you know that uh, Kurt Russell wanted to get Goldie Hawn? To play the, uh, the 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 daughter character in it's this kind of movie, the, the president's daughter, the president's right? daughter. It's kind of weird. 
I wonder if it was originally supposed to be like the president's wife, if it was supposed to be the first lady. That would have made more sense that because made a she ain't playing anybody's daughter in 1996. <laughs> and then Kate Hudson auditioned for the role yeah. and didn't get, <laughs> didn't get it. He's got no pull. But he put Wyatt Russell, young Wyatt Russell was in this movie when yeah. he's in the deportation yeah. station. He's this little kid with like the newsy cap on and stuff. Like, really? You didn't want to put your stepdaughter in this fucking movie? Does Kurt Russell hate her or something? <laughs> hey, she got to earn her own keep, man. I know, right? Um, what else? Like, So then you've got like the the end of the movie where he, he they tell him it's the cold. It's a cold snake. Yeah. Uh, and they let him go. Oh, wait, no. They no, don't they don't let, let him go. go. They're they going to murder him. Cold. They're, they're, mur- they're going to murder him. Yeah. But it ends up being the hologram. Yeah. And it's all on live and yeah, like TV, they, they do. I guess. So I guess the military also film everything that's going on because, like, <laughs> yeah, at the very beginning, when, when they, shows they up. show up, and the guy's like, "Tell America, Snake, let them know what you think." And it's like, well, wait a minute, why do you guys have a TV sector? Like, you had that news reporter. I'd understand if it was the news reporter following yep. him, but it wasn't. It was a camera crew for the the United States Police Force. Yeah. Yes. Good God. Police state. Uh, so yeah, it's, it was a little disappointing. I really thought that coming back to this and, you know, seeing the work that Peter Fonda did, uh, I was like, <laughs> okay, you know what? Maybe this will be fun. Maybe this will be a fun tribute. This is definitely not the kind of movie that you want to be remembered for. No, no. It, it's not a good, it's not. A good choice then, Joe. It is. It Peter is, Fonda. It is not a, extravaganza. It's not a good sequel. Did and you... I try to think like, you know, a movie like this can be made. Escape from New York could be remade of now. Of course. Because I think we've got filmmakers now who get that. Like, with what we've seen with Taika Watiti, with James Gunn, the kind of people that were raised on movies yeah, like man. this, even get George Miller, who defined yeah. this genre. I think George Miller would have done a better job of putting together a sequel. Of course. Because, I mean, you look at George Miller's sequels to Mad Max, they're not perfect. Even Beyond Thunderdome has some problems. Yeah, but it's a still a worthy sequel, for the most part, eh. to the Mad Max legacy. Sure. Uh, but yeah, like this one, you would almost think that somebody who wasn't John Carpenter was the one that wrote and directed this. Right. Like it was an homage to, uh, the original, like someone ghost directed. Right. And they put John Carpenter's name on it. Yeah. But Richard Bachman. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> but everything I've seen has been like, no, this was John Carpenter. Yeah. No, no, it was definitely him. And yeah, he's, a, he's proud of this film. I have a hard time believing that they let this guy get behind the fucking camera. For well, another... if you look at uh, <laughs> the films that came out afterwards, uh, I don't think there were many of them. Well, he did Vampires, that James the... Woods Vampires movie. There you go. Which that's is phenomenal. Film. That's that's That may be my favorite John, Car- John Carpenter film. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one a lot. It's a really good movie. Small man. story, limited cast in, yeah. a, in, a, in a limited... Uh, Environment and a nice, a, a, a nice, quick script. Yeah, if I remember correctly, James Woods. See, when we still him. liked James Woods. Yeah, well, yeah. When, before, before he went, uh, before he was disgusting. Before he became the president and, in this movie, Hades, basically. Before, before he became Hades. That's all right. Let me check on my notes here. Um, yeah, I'm all on notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm all, all out of notes. notes. I'm so lost without you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'm going to try it, one more time. It took a badass uh, character and kind of neutered Castrated him. Castrated him. I think. Yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah. Because what did you... Did you even enjoy this in 96 when it came out? I did. Because I saw this in theaters and I was immediate, I, I recognized it for... I was like, no, this is not... I think I did. ...the campy romp I was in store for. See, I thought that when I saw it in theaters, I was like, oh, it's just a fun action movie. Like, that's kind of what I was saying. And... And I can even go that route still today. Yeah, there are moments. But I just, I feel like there are so many other options. And when you, which I wasn't doing at the time, when you consider the first film. Yeah. And go, wow, 
that one's so right. That was like, special. For me, that one is so right. Exactly. I mean, the the cast, everything that they put together in that movie, I'm like, this really works. Like, there's just something really cool about this movie. If this it's were like, the first one, yeah, there would have not been, been a, a cult following yeah. and clamoring for a sequel. 15 I don't think years so later. because you're still you're not seeing that for this movie now, and you haven't. That's no. right. Uh, and and there's there's a fucking reason. Uh, would would you recommend this movie? Uh, only if you're a fan of the first one, and even then, it's a tepid recommendation because yeah. it's like it's not. Not going to be as good as the first one. Uh-huh. Your character, you're not going to enjoy him as much. Yeah. Uh, there's some production value um, increases there, but ultimately it's kind of a failed experiment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I, I guess, but if, if you've never seen Escape from New York, if you don't like John Carpenter films, there's not a lot to recommend here. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think I can recommend this one, especially since Escape from New York exists. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, watch that. Just watch one. that one. And that call one it a is day. way fucking better. Agreed. Uh, it, don't you don't have to be a completionist when it comes to the story of Snake Plissken mm-hmm. because this one doesn't really add much to his legacy. Uh, I feel bad because I do like this character. I know. And Kurt Russell loved this character. That's why he wanted to come back and you do can it. Tell. And he was even doing like the whole Harrison Ford thing where it's like, well, we don't want to make a sequel until it's the right script. <laughs> and I'm like, Woof. Joe. And that's what they did with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Though. Have you like, these ever people got together? They're like, we don't want to do it unless it's the right script. Have you ever There's heard no somebody say that and agreed that, oh, yeah, oh, it's a good thing they waited. It's a good thing City Slickers too. <laughs> waited around perfect the search for Yuli's gold or whatever the, the search for Curly's gold <laughs> you just put those I, universes I together I melded them that's Peter great. Fonda is Curly in no. City Slickers too. Honestly, I remember I'm seeing a, think, I, well you know what Fury Road was like that where George right. Miller didn't want right. to he, he could well also because of legal hell but he yeah. didn't want to make a Mad Max movie until it was the right script yeah, but and I think Fury Road is a perfect example. For every one of those, though, there's a Star Wars Episode One: yeah, The Phantom Menace. This is true. I just think that the big thing you don't want to do is go with a screenwriter who's writing on loose, uh, like a, a notebook. <laughs> I just, with, with pencils? With pencils. Yes. That is still one of my favorite things is watching mm. the making of features for episode one. three ring binder. And it's like he sits down at a desk and he's got this fucking binder of paper and pencils. And I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Mm, episode one. You don't have a fucking typewriter. <laughs> a typewriter even. <laughs> Uh, all right, so what did Escape from L.A. do right? Again, I, I like some of the, the costuming and the set design. Uh, I like a good post-apocalyptic world, and I think they did a good job of making this look like, hey, it's, I mean, you've got the template, right? Yeah. L.A. <laughs> LA already kind of looks a little bit like this. I love L.A. Sadly, nowadays. Um, but you know, what would it look like if a big earthquake came through and, and, people, and things were just left strewn about? Cars were damaged. Barrels are on fire. Um, and everybody Whoa! Every woman in this world is like a hooker, apparently. Like, uh-huh. there's no woman who's well, just like, I'm just here to... Well, because they sent them to Los Angeles Island. I, Valerie yeah, Galena wasn't a hooker. Well, she kind of was a hooker. Kind of was. She kind of was. But they... But I mean, like, not all of the men are... Well, I'm just saying, there's no, like, female... We need more Jackie Browns. We did. We name? needed more Pam Greer. Thank you. Well, she was Hershey La Palma or something like that. There you go. And then we found out she was Carjack Malone. Clever name, by the way, mm-hmm. for a transvestite. Yeah. Hershey. Thanks. <laughs> you don't think they were just making Subtle. a chocolate reference because she was a black woman? A little bit of that, too. It's a double entendre, Joe. <laughs> uh-huh. Double entendre. Uh, all right. So, uh, man. What, what did it write? What this movie did write. Uh, Kurt Russell, even? It, it, well, I think Kurt Russell, in almost anything he does, is what a movie does right. But I can't, <laughs> I can't go with that on this one yeah. because I have him to blame for the writing. I have him to blame for producing this film. Yeah. I'm sure he had some say-so when it came to directing 
That like if he didn't like a take, if he didn't like it, let, let me try one let more. Let me try that one more time. One John. more for me. And John's like, well, no, I don't think we should. He's like, well, I think the money I'm putting into producing this movie yeah. <laughs> says otherwise. My ten million says uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I I really think that the idea is the best thing that was going on with this movie, <laughs> and that is fucking stretching. Like mm. it was the idea of like, oh, Escape from L.A. That's kind of cool that it could be in this world as well. I think that the how. How they were able to be so clairvoyant with some of the shit they put in this movie with things that were going on at the border. Socially. It's like, yeah. huh, well, that's a little creepy. Yeah. The idea is sound. It's everything else that they built on it's top execution. of it, though. Was, yeah, the execution fucking lacked. What did this movie do wrong? Um, it is a 1996 film that has 1981 sensibilities mm-hmm. still. You can't do a movie 15 years later and it still feel like it came out in 1985. Yeah. Like, uh, again. Except for It Follows. Like, you watch a movie like It Follows. Well, but. That movie feels like it came, except for because it's so, like, the visuals, it looks like it's done in that style in the 80s, but yeah. the visuals are still so clean. They were doing it intentionally also, but but even that, like, the acting is, is grounded. It's very kind of real, like. You go back and watch these '80s movies where people are overacting. It's what kind of like Napoleon stage Dynamite? directing, but that had, had that lived in its own world. That's a comedy, first of all, so yeah. you can kind of get away with with a few things. Okay, and they were going for a different, a distinct style, and at least they were consistent with the style that they had set up mm-hmm. in, in that film. This one just feels it feels like a movie you should be watching at two a.m. on USA mm-hmm. up all night. Yeah, not something I'm paying fifteen dollars to see in a theater. I feel you on that. Yeah. Uh, I think having Kurt Russell produce and write this film. Oh no! No, I'm serious though. Like it is the worst thing that you could have done, and that is that is a death sentence for almost any film that you watch. If a actor, like, yeah. look at Samurai Cop Two, <laughs> Matt Hannon, <laughs> like fucking well, produced, starred, wrote it, directed. Not it. like Samurai Cop One was any. Uh, <laughs> Samurai Cop Oscar One is nominee. a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> look, look at the room. Tommy Wiseau's the room. <laughs> Again, Exhibit B. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think that that's it's it is a death sentence for your movie to let your star because it's a conflict of interest. Now you're you're stuck like okay, do you want your character to look good or do you want this to be an overall good piece, a compelling piece? And instead, what you had was it, nothing that even resembled a cohesive story from mm-hmm. point A to point B. It was like it was almost like a weird broken anthology film. Yeah, but. Like a TV Not, series. You know, yeah. yeah. Like, like it would probably make a better TV series. I agree. Uh so if we were going to remake okay. Escape from LA today, how would we do that? I have recast eight of the main characters in this film. And a director. I did nine. Ooh. I threw in the Surgeon General of Beverly Hills. Oh, see, I didn't do him. Yeah. I should have because it's Bruce Campbell, but mm-hmm. uh oh well. he's I mean, it's sad that in that short scene he's one of the most memorable performances yeah. in this movie. Well, you called it. It's like it's it's horrific. It's it's also kind of futuristic and just the idea that uh, we've let plastic surgery get so far beyond. And again, it's a perfect like mirror, no pun intended, but t- t- uh, turning on to LA. Yeah. And it's like here's what your future is if we keep going down this path of crazy plastic surgery and you're seeing it and also really fun with Meg Mariah. it's a scene that features two actors that have played Elvis whoa I didn't think about that <laughs> yes sir a little, little before his uh, his turn for Bubba Hotep the king yeah. yeah which one would you say is better Bubba Hotep or Kurt Russell's Elvis from uh, Roma- or, uh, True Romance no, that was Val Kilmer that was Elvis in that movie. Oh, shit. No, right. Kurt Russell actually played Elvis in, in the John the... Carpenter Elvis movie, and he was also Elvis in Forrest Gump. That's what I'm thinking of, yeah. too. I knew he was in another movie. Um, I mean, like, 
Bubba Hotep isn't really like the Elvis that we we know and remember and love. It's a fictionalized future elderly so, Elvis. I think it's so good. Elver. I think Bruce Campbell's Elvis is by far better than Kurt Russell's. It's, it's certainly more memorable. Yeah. Uh, all right. So my Surgeon Coming General of Beverly Hills yeah. would be played by John Hamm. Oh, I like that a yeah. lot. That's great. I think it's that's he's so good know. when he does comedy. He oh. is. He, we, Sarah and I were talking, and we've talked about this already. But mm. Sarah and I were talking about this. Did you know, like this past season of SNL, like there was this whole uh, this whole bit about uh, uh, was it uh, Pete Davidson was on the Weekend Update, and he talked about how his mother just like loves John Hamm and just wishes that <laughs> John Hamm. And he had brought his mother. He's like, say hi, mom. And like his mom was there in the audience. And fucking John Hamm showed up. No way. Yeah. And he wasn't even like part of the episode. Sarah, and I, Sarah was telling me about it. I didn't see it, but oh, she was telling God, me about it. I love it. that guy, man. But like the fact that he does shit like that. Like he's, he's obviously someone who doesn't have too much of a fucking ego about himself. Like you have which, to have which, one. And he should, do, though. He has earned it. Yeah. yeah. But just to hear these stories about this guy, it's, it makes me hate him, but love him at the same you time. You need to see a bad time at El Royale. Yeah. It's oh, dude, I need film. to. Yeah. No, I do. And uh, I need to finish watching Good Omens because he's in that. Oh, is he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So that's my Surgeon General Beverly Hills. Who's all the bottom right. of your list? The bottom of my list is probably going to be Pipeline. Our, uh, oh, yes. Our Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. Tribute here. Hey, Snake, come on, man. Hey, you got to ride the way. Hey, I know. You yeah. got to ride the way. And I love that high. <laughs> when they're surfing next they're to surfing each other. They're surfing next to each other, and like Kurt Russell's going to jump on the car that Steve Buscemi. But before he does, Peter Fonda's got to give him a little high five on the way He's out. Like, all right, Snake. Go get him, man. <laughs> and if you've ever seen people really surf, there's no way. like they're, they're And they're like clean right next yeah, to each other. Just, just like, <laughs> all right. Uh, my pipeline would yeah. be played by Kurt Russell. Oh. He'd come back and he would play like this that. role. Yes. Well, I almost went with Keanu Reeves because I'm like, hey, what surfers are in other that movies? He could do that. Um, but uh, Jenna came up with Dennis Quaid. Also played a surfer. <gasps> Dennis Quaid's good. In another movie. Yeah. And, uh, in what movie? It was called Soul Surfer. So the one about the true story about the girl, the girl who lost her, her to arm? the shark. Yeah, was it her arm or her leg is her arm. I, well, I can't arm. remember which limit. Get Jenna was. in here, Jenna. <laughs> Jenna, where's my beer? Uh, all right, so Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. GI Joe's Dennis Quaid. <laughs> uh, all right, who's next on your list? Uh, I got Hershey. Hershey La Palmas. Foxy Brown. Carjack Malone. Mm-hmm. Who's that? I'm going with uh, Angela Bassett. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Tina Turner. Man, that's way better than what I thought it was going to do. Oh. I went with Tessa Thompson. Ooh, that's good. Because I've got a little bit, not, not, a really, theme? A, not really a right. theme, but a few people that have worked together before. She's kind of mannish looking. Well. Can be. The thing is, I think, so I think Pam Greer's sexy. I think she's attractive. I, I always thought that she's a sexy woman. Yeah. So I, to call her mannish is like. I don't know about that. Well, she's playing a fucking transvestite. She is playing a transvestite. So, yeah, that's where I'm. It is weird out. that he puts his hand between her legs. Yeah, he's, and he's like, like same old, same old carjack. <laughs> like, did you touch his cock when he was is, a guy? Is carjack a nickname now? <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, you said uh, Angela Bassett. Yes, Tessa I Thompson did. On that. Okay, who's next? Let's do the president. Oh yeah, pre- Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> president Brian Cranston for me. Oh, 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 I love that, bro. How about uh, Brian? Brian. Brian Brian Pranston. How about President John Goodman? I like President John Goodman. Have you seen, he's got like the, um, what is it, the Gemstones? uh, It's a, what is it, an HBO show about televangelists or something? Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. It's basically what he is. Yep. Uh, All right. So you want to do the, uh, did you do the the Valeria Galena 
I don't know how you say her name. Oh, the Muslim? Ta- Talisma? I did not. Uh, okay. She's I, gone too soon. I cast Rosario Dawson. Oh, that would have been good. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Okay. Uh, well, who did I do that you didn't do then? I don't know. Well, did you do Utopia? No. You didn't do Utopia? I didn't do Utopia. First of all, I love that name, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gotta do Luto- Utopia. Utopia? Utopia. Did you, re- you recognize Utopia? Did you recognize who that actress was, by the way? Uh, AJ Sanger? No. Did you ever watch um, My So-Called Life on no. MTV? What? No. All right. Well, you weren't a teenage girl, clearly, <laughs> in the 90s. But you were. But uh, Yeah, I was. <laughs> inside. Uh, yeah, she was like the best friend on uh, My So-Called cool. Life. Who did you cast as Utopia? I went with Blake Lively. Who I think looks That's just good. like her. She even has a little mole. Yeah. Like she does. Yeah, she does. <laughs> uh, all right, who's next? How about uh, Steve Buscemi? Did you do the, uh, the, the, stars, the Stacey Keach character? I did do the Stacey Keach Oh, so Keach you're saving character. him. You want, well, you want to do him? Let's do him no, next. No, no, no. Let's all right, do all right, Okay. Uh, Commander Malloy. There he is. With uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, that's good. I like that a lot. I went with a Harvey Keitel. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Wolf. Winston Wolf. Oh man, you said him to Wolf. If I'm Kurt with you, that's all you it's had to say. Because time is of the essence. I love it. <laughs> I think fast. I need you to act fast. So pretty, please. With sugar on top. With sugar on top. Clean, Clean the, the fucking, fucking car. car. Oh man. Uh, no, that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's do Map of the Stars, Eddie. Let's do him. Uh, Bradley Cooper. Uh, oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went with Jesse Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg's good. How about that's that? That's a better pick. Weasley. That's a that's Jesse a much Eisenberg. Better pick. So I guess you could also put Michael Sarah in there too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Interchangeable. What do you think about that new Zombieland? Did you see the new Zombieland? I trailer? have seen the trailer for it. Yeah, I think uh, I think it could be fun. Yeah. I'm excited, and I love what they're doing at the ends with the kind of <laughs> with the characters, the mirrored characters. <laughs> I don't like you <laughs> at all. Uh, all right, who's next? We got. Uh, Let's do a Cuervo Jones. That, then? Yeah, Cuervo and then Snake. Yep. Who's your Cuervo Jones? Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. <laughs> I'm going a little older, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, I want to see him take over L.A. I also uh, went a little older with mine, too. Hmm. Benicio Del Toro. Oh, that's good. Mm. I almost went Javier Bardem. Oh. It would have been a good one as what well. What about right? Diego Luna? Ooh. What about Michael Peña? <laughs> <laughs> what what other is. Hispanic actors can we think of? Hey, man. Edward James Almost. <laughs> Lou Diamond Phillips. <laughs> He's not I know. I know, I know. Jimmy Smith. <laughs> Jimmy Smith. <laughs> you know, because something is going to succeed. If Jimmy Smith is brought on. He's got it. his name on it. It's mm. like printing money. When they threw him in a Star Wars movie, I was oh, like, Jesus. what? Jimmy? And then they threw him in another Star Wars movie. Jimmy Smith? Really? Remember his old turn in Rogue One? That's right. Yeah. I was like, really? <laughs> Jimmy Smith? you got to stay in canon. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you look at the uh, casting choices of one George Lucas over the years. George S. Lucas maybe Esquire. Esquire. <laughs> <laughs> Theodore Ted Logan. <laughs> Steve, Steve Theodore Spielberg. <laughs> yes, that's great. <laughs> All right, our Snake Pliskin. Mm. Um, I think I've said this before in the past. Probably. That uh, there's only one person I think could fill Kurt Russell's shoes because he does such a good Kurt Russell impression, mm-hmm. and that would be Chris Pratt. Yes. Oh, that's so good. He, although he's... He's such he's a, a jokester. Goofy. Yeah, he's exactly. Kind of a, he's kind of goofy. He can't, I don't, I've never seen him not smile in a film, yeah? so I'd be curious to see what he You does. haven't seen Moneyball? But I think he could do it. That's a good point. Have That's he, a good point. Wait, wasn't he in Zero Dark Thirty? Wasn't he? He was one of the that guys. That is also a good point. Yeah. Yeah, but he's like the funny, like... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Navy like, Seal. Guys, we're about to kill Bin Laden. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. O- Osama Bin Laden. I like the way he says that in the movie. We're going to kill B- Osama Bin Laden. Osama Bin Laden. Yeah. That's a good choice. Um, I started off with Gerard Butler because I uh-huh. wanted you need somebody a little dark. Angel Down. But then Jenna came up with, uh, what about Jeffrey Dean Morgan? 
about Negan? Ooh. Love. I feel like I overuse him, but damn, is he good. Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's a good choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine directed by James Gunn. Oh. Someone Ooh. who would get the feel of what this movie is supposed to be. And mine directed by Robert Rodriguez. Very good. I they like that, do this too. this as well. Dude, he's not too far off with Planet Terror. I was just going to say, that's uh, it feels like his sensibility. That's probably... I love Once Upon a Time in Mexico, though, so I think what I was do about you? to say was bullshit. I do. I like Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I love Desperado. Um, I like Desperado. I, uh, I, I, even, I like Sin City a lot. Sin City's great. But there's a part of me that I think likes Planet Terror the most. Uh, there's something so, like, cheesy yes. that's perfect. Like, he gets it. It fits right in there. It's so much better. And I almost wish it was the second part I know. of the Grindhouse thing. It ending, really should have been. That ending was bad. on Death Proof was a what a fucking idea. downer. We're just, uh, oh, we're going to do the other 360 degree people sitting Dude. around a coffee table spouting his fucking just sitting masturbating that, all over the sitting screen. Sitting in that theater for fucking three and a half Jesus hours. Christ. And ending on Death Proof, I was just like, oh, Is this over no. yet? The best part of that film? The trailers. Though. The trailers were so good. Death Proof. We should do uh, Grindhouse. Yeah, the, the, the whole uh, thing. You know, they, they did a DVD re- or Blu-ray release of it in the original theatrical format of Grindhouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, like, I guess they had released them separately as Death Proof and as Planet Terror. Oh, they did in the yeah. initial release, didn't yeah. they? But then they did the Blu-ray that's Can't both that. of them. And I'm like, that's part of what was cool about that was the experience. The double feature. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, if you guys have any thoughts about Escape from L.A., mm. thoughts about casting, thoughts about the movie in general, I know we kind of glossed over a lot of it uh, because <laughs> it wasn't very joyous to revisit. No. And it wouldn't have been joyous for us to revisit <laughs> again. We, we, we got the highlights out uh-huh. there for you. Peter Fonda. There you go. Rest Sorry. in peace. <laughs> Sorry about that. Well, you don't want to do Uli's Gold like, no. and talk about what a Come great actor he was. Come back here and sit there and talk about him. Or and Easy Rider. The mom from fucking uh, Home Improvement. This is a great thing to go out on him. This yeah. is this was his... Uh, he was probably most himself in, in this, this role. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this cool dude. If you have thoughts about Peter Fonda, let us know. Go to Facebook.com slash Editing Bay or put Editing Bay in that search bar and uh, look for that image of the woman with the bleeding eyes. Click on that. And that's where you can talk back to us. If you're not watching us, Live on the feed. Hey. Hello. Um, we've also got a website, Rachel. We sure do. It is not the editing bay. It's not edit bay. It's editingbay.com. Please go there. Bookmark it. Anytime you need to know book, anything. Bookmark it. Sorry, it's midnight and I'm, uh, I'm punch drunk. After midnight. Anytime you need to know anything about the editing bay, you're going to find it there. You're going to find links to, uh, well, if you need to subscribe to this fucking podcast, that's where you're going to do it that's on right. editingbay.com. Also, mm-hmm. uh, links to our social networks, the aforementioned Facebook page, and our Twitter handle, which is at the editing bay. Have a handy little button there. Click it once. You can uh, follow us there. You're always going to be the first to know what movies we're talking about. In fact, uh, you knew that we weren't going to be doing. Um, Heart condition this week because yeah. uh, I'm, I'm I'm tweeting this out. I feel your heart beat. We have a change in schedules due to the late passing of uh, Peter Fon. So all that and more on editingbay.com. Guys, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app. Uh, just uh, get in there. Takes no time at all. Five stars and a, and a review. Just let us know. Let us know what you like about the show. Uh, even if you have criticism, make it a five star criticism. That's perfect. Uh, and then we'll read your review on the air. If you leave anything less than five stars, you're kind of a dick. Don't <laughs> be a dick, man. Be cool. Um, what else? What are we going to do next week? Well, Joe, um, I think we talked last week about um, the little Let's Play Gaming Expo, the little video game uh, three-day extravaganza that happened Robert here. Robert Rodriguez, DFWA. Desperado, That's Let's right. Play. <laughs> That's right. 
Your dog is speaking its language. Shut the fuck up. But yes, while we were there, shut that bitch's mouth before I fuck start her head. Sorry, we should. It's a Ryan Philippe way of the gun. Way of the gun. Yeah. Speaking of Benicio del Toro, talking about Sarah Silverman. That's right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of video games, so yes, we were at this uh, Let's Play Gaming Expo and um, had a really cool experience, actually. Got to meet the creator of the original Rampage. Are you familiar with Rampage? That video game, there's like three yeah. joysticks. Where you have George the Gorilla, That's Lizzie right. the Lizard, and, Ralph uh, the Wolf. Ralph the Wolf, yeah. man. Love that game. Loved it uh, playing at Nintendo and then playing the arcade. Got to play the game with the creator. Bro, I once stayed up all goddamn night oh, yeah? playing the NES version with a friend of mine. Like We it's stayed classic, up all dude. night and finished you the finished fucking it? game. Yeah. What's the la- I've never made it to the last level. I don't what city even is remember. It? It's, it's probably New York or something. It's the same right? old shit. <laughs> it's seriously the same shit for like for five hours. Uh, but yeah, we ended up finishing the damn well, game. Well, speaking of the same shit for five hours, <laughs> they made a movie of this uh, video game I saw it. a couple of years ago, and I saw it as well, and we're going to revisit it, because if there's one thing that's a great fodder for this podcast, it is films based on video, video games. games yeah. We have done Tomb Raider, we've hey, did done you see DOA. Michael Daly posted on our page about like a deleted scene from Super Mario Brothers. I that did they see unearthed. that, yeah. Yeah, that's... That's uh, crazy. And we did Super Mario Brothers on this podcast, yes, we have. right? Yeah. Well, we're going to be adding uh, 2000, was it 15s? Probably 2016. 2016's Rampage to it, that, was, was uh, that right? roster. 2018. Holy, Holy shit. shit. That this was just last came year? out a year ago. Well, it seems like forever ago. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine because Malin Ackerman's performance is timeless. <laughs> it is fucking timeless. Well, we'll get to talk all about that and more on uh, next week's episode where we review. Rampage. All right, cool. I want to give a, a quick plug. Please. Got a show coming up at the Pocket Sandwich ah, Theater yes. called Werewolf of London. Ow. The fun thing about this show is six years ago, I played the uh, the lead role, Dr. Glendon. That's right. It's where I met Sarah. And uh, we know the story since then. Married, couple of kids. But it all started with the Werewolf of London, which now they have asked me to come back and I'm assistant directing. Very cool. Uh, got a fantastic cast. If you were able to come out and see Slayhard last year. I know you came out and saw me do all my shows last year. Most of them. Uh, yeah. I think I missed that one, didn't yeah, I? You missed all of I'd them. I'd seen that one before. You missed Shut up. I saw fucking them. Sweeney Todd you, twice. You, did you see Sweeney Todd? Yes. Oh, never mind then. That was actually the best one. Oh, well, there you go. That was the best That's one. That's right. You told me that. The, That's French, why I, the French character. That's why I skipped the other ones. Yeah. Did you see Sweeney Todd? I, Dude, yes. I saw it with your wife. Yeah. Did you really? Twice. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, no, that was a good one. That was the one you needed to come see. The rest of them weren't that good. Remember because we, we walk around saying, Scrooge and Nick. Oh, yeah, that's Scrooge right. Scrooge and Nick. <laughs> when I came out singing uh, the, the, uh, this little town or whatever from <laughs> yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Yes. That was, uh, I did that specially for you guys. Well, that that it, night, that, that was, was just closing night, right? Yeah. Uh, no, no, I did that for you guys when oh, I showed okay. up. You did, you did come right. to closing night. We weren't. Too, com- we didn't. We didn't oh, you didn't, because that's when I started singing Late Miz on stage. That's what it was. <laughs> fucking Patrick, who played Sweeney Todd, <laughs> fucking like just making him stand on stage, <laughs> wait for me to fucking finish. And that motherfucker with his fucking retorts, like just, just the thinking man's actor. Yeah, I loved working with him, man. Uh, he was my Hans Gruber when I did Slayhard. 
Oh, he's oh, the second time around. He's great. He, he's so good. Uh, uh, but yeah, and you would get to see him in the Werewolf of London. Oh, really? He's going to be in that one. He's uh, Shannon, who uh, I've directed in my uh, my Batman: The Killing Joke. That's right. She played She's Barbara Gordon. Again. She's going to be back doing uh, nice. Werewolf of London. Got a fantastic cast. This cast is really good. Well, Joe, I need to see this. Where yes, can I buy do. tickets? You go to pocketsandwich.com. Mm-hmm. We open September twenty seventh and close oh, November sixteenth. It's like a month. And uh, we have a show on Halloween. Ooh. And if you know anything Ooh. about the pocket, you the Halloween shows oh, no, really? are fucking outrageous. Oh, I'm gonna They're have to really buy a good. ticket for that one. Then, it's huh? gonna be a special event ticket. Those are more expensive. But uh, oh, fuck it then. Yeah, fuck it. Oh, <laughs> if only I knew it. somebody in the cast who could hook me up we with can't free hook passes. Up anybody on Halloween? Oh, sh- I got you. I hear you loud and clear. <laughs> no, you're right. Sorry, Facebook <laughs> listeners. He can't hook you up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Uh, PocketSandwich.com. The Werewolf of London. Uh, would love to have you come out there, throw some popcorn at the actors, yeah. and uh, enjoy yourselves. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, no. No. Fuck it. Fuck it. Jeff, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Tess, thanks, man. Tess. <laughs> it's Tess. Joel, always a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. We'll see you guys next week for Rampage. Ow. Bye. You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.